Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to my new podcast, He Has a Bird. I'm very much enjoying producing it and making everything at this, but uh, it definitely has its learning curves. I have to start today's episode with an apology because the audio quality of today's episode is really poor. Um, I'm really not sure what happened. I, I thought I did the same things as the first episode, but it turned out to be drastically worse. So I apologize for that. I'm recording this on my phone now, which is what I wish I would have done for the episode, although 53 minutes of holding your phone to your face is not the most comfortable. But I promise you, if you can bear with the audio, the content of the episode is really, really good, I think. And I think it'll bring a smile to your face, which is the whole point. So if you can bear it, um, I hope you still enjoy it. And if not, I understand. And I promise that the audio quality moving forward will be much better. I have a I have a nice microphone coming for Friday's episode. And, and um, I'll just keep rolling and, and hope that you can still enjoy this one. Thanks. That kind of talent can't be taught. Thomas Peacom and the Foosball God. Thomas Peacom and the Foosball God. Welcome to the podcast, He Has a Bird, with Sean Shelton. Hello, and welcome back to episode two of the podcast, He Has a Bird. I am your host, Sean Shelton, and I am excited. First of all, I'm very excited just about the, the positive feedback I got from the first episode. You know, I really don't know what I'm doing and just kind of winged it. And to get so much positive feedback about it and people saying they're looking forward to the next one, um, it means a lot to me, so keep coming. I also heard that my microphone is not very good. I heard it, and I have already bought a new microphone. It should be here by Friday's episode. Yes, Friday's episode. I plan on putting out three this week, and then kind of just seeing how it goes from there. But... I think I'm able to put out three this week because I don't know what I did to deserve this, but the podcast guys, gods are looking down upon me and gracing me with content. I started a podcast, and then the next three days, even during sports shutdown, NFL free agency and trades has given me plenty to talk about and plenty to be fired up about, which we will get to later. First, before we get off to things, I think I should explain the name. I did it in my uh, social media post a little bit, but for my non-German native speakers, he has a bird is a common expression that you say, uh, he or she has a bird, you say to somebody that you think is a bit crazy. It's kind of like, um, yeah, he has a couple screws loose or something like that. So it's just a translated version of that, which I think fit very, very appropriately. Uh, to me and maybe to this podcast. Also, I am in works of a new logo. Uh, I've been hand drawing a logo on uh, on my iPad pretty pretty much all not all day. I had some work to do. I still have a job, but uh, a lot of the day yesterday, um, I got the idea from Thomas Alfalter. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, Thomas Alfalter. And, uh, and yeah, so I just said, screw it, I'm going to draw my own logo. So I will need your help in that. I'll probably send out a couple ideas. Maybe not because I just like it and I just decide to go with it anyways. But a new logo will be coming. I do, however, think it's hilarious that the Swaco Raiders social media team um, 
sent out a picture of the starting quarterback sitting on a toilet on a beach in Aruba. So shout out to the Swagger Raiders social media team. Thank you, Paula Steffi. Um, so that's out there. But I will be changing it something more, a little more fitting. I think that picture fits a little bit, uh, fits as well. But um, I think the new logo will be really, really perfect. Um, I also want to explain the intro music. The intro music is a song I did a several years back in tribute to Thomas Pichelman, who hopefully I can get as a guest on the show to kind of talk about it and his time as a Raider. He was a professional soccer player in Italy and Austria for a long time um, and then decided to switch to American football and started kicking for the Raiders. And he hit the game-winning field goal in the Austrian Bowl in 2018, and ever since then, he's been the foosball god. So I wrote a song in tribute of him, and that's what the opening song is for people who are wondering what the hell is going on. Um, and then also the intro is my wife, Lisa. I, I didn't want to do my own, and she's always been super helpful and supportive, and I want to reflect her in the podcast somehow and the logo, which you guys will find out. Um, so I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was nice to, to incorporate her, and and uh, I thought she did a good job. Pronounced my name kind of funny, but um, I'll let that go. So, NFL free agency. But first, we're going to get to the CBA review, okay? The, C, the CBA collective bargaining agreement was accepted by the NFL players, barely, but accepted. Um the proposal from the owners were, was accepted. The highlights, just to cover a few, just to kind of go through it point by point, uh, is it starting, I believe next season is a 17-game season. So they're adding an additional game, but they're subtracting a preseason game. So for NFL starters or bona fide veterans, it's just adding a game because they don't play four preseason games anyways. But it is keeping the same amount of games at 20 theoretically. Um, the, the concern that I have when you eliminate a preseason game, you're probably eliminating the fourth one, which is where all the guys fighting for a roster spot really get to play a significant amount of time and show what they can do. So I wonder how coaches will adjust that and maybe starters don't even play in the preseason, maybe just even less than they had in the past because you still need that evaluation time for guys trying to make the squad. Uh, especially since the roster size has increased. It will be from 53 to 55 in the year, uh, in next year. And also, the practice squad increased. So it went from 10 to 12, potentially even 14. So you're going to need that time to evaluate these players because now your, your, uh, your bottom of the roster has even expanded uh, by six spots, potentially. So that evaluation period in preseason will be huge, so it will be interesting to see how coaches adjust to that. The pay increase for practice squad also is increased, or the pay, the salary is increased to $10,500 a week before taxes for my Central Europeans. But still, not bad. Good luck, Sandro Platzgummer. Hopefully you can pull that off. Um, new playoff format, there will be a 14 team playoff as opposed to 12 team so there'll be six teams playing in the wild card round from each division so they're adding a game on each side and only the first overall seed uh, gets a home field 
uh, or first round bye and home field advantage throughout the playoffs, obviously, but to get a get a wild card bye, which I think is okay. Fourteen teams in the playoffs, I think. Excuse me, I think is about the threshold. I don't know if you could ever go over that, even with talks of adding an 18th game in the future. Um, now it won't be till late 2020s, but or even 2030. But 14 teams I'm okay with because you're still going to have 7 and 9, 8 and 8 teams making it. Every year there's a good team or uh, an above average team that gets cut out of the playoffs. So now they would just be in it and then you get a, still get quality football in the wild card rounds. Um, so that's kind of the smallest stuff. And then you, the two biggest things are players get a 1% increase of the revenue split from the owners from 47 to 48. Um, which that 1% is estimated to be $150 million. And so I kind of looked at 48% compared to the other uh, major sports in, 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 the, in America. And the NFL is starting to get closer to the major sport average. Uh, I think NBA has a 49-51 split for the players. Um, NHL is 50-50. Baseball is pretty complicated, but it's said to be around 49-51 or 50-50. So the NFL, uh, the NFL Players Association is starting to get closer to that average, which I think is good. And it actually can be, once the game, with the additional broadcasting money from the 17th game, it could even be 48.5. So you're, you're right there, and I imagine in years to come, it'll probably continue to get closer to 50-50. Uh, that, where that money will go, where that 150, roughly 150 million dollars will go, is there's a there's a raise in minimum salaries from 510,000 from one year veterans, basically, you know, late draft picks slash unrestricted, um, undrafted rookies. It's increasing 100,000 dollars to 610k. But that'll actually also increase every other year, and they want to get that up to a, a one million. And it also, that $150 million will also go to increased payoff play. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the, the NFL salaries that are, that are um, negotiated and accepted in contracts don't actually apply for the playoffs. So that's a, that's a regular season game-by-game game payment uh, in a proportion to your salary, obviously. But in the playoffs, everybody makes the same amount of money. Uh, Aaron Rodgers makes the same amount of money as... Uh, what's the what's the receiver that everybody likes? Kudo or whatever. So the no name guys. Um, and the way that's broken down is in the wild card round, everybody gets thirty one thousand dollars in in game payment. Or thirty around thirty, so twenty eight to thirty one, depending if you won your division. And that's for the first two rounds actually. So the wild card round and the divisional round. And then 56K for the conference championship, 120, 124K for winning the Super Bowl, and 62K for losing the Super Bowl. So if losing the Super Bowl wasn't bad enough, you're also losing 62K in gross payment. But that is said, so the, the Kansas City Chiefs players throughout the playoffs made around 225. They also got a first-round buy, so you don't get paid for that first-round buy. Uh, and that's said to be increased. The Super Bowl winning teams will get around 300000 So all that money is to increase 
salaries of the bottom guys, which is interesting and why I think this passed. The last point was it raises the THC, um, so the active drug in marijuana, threshold of the test from 35 milligrams per milliliter or, or however they test it to 150, which is more in the realm of Olympic testing as well. But they eliminated punishments in regards to suspension. So I imagine they'll still uh, fine players, but a player cannot be suspended in which a, play a suspended player actually doesn't get paid either. So guys will lose less money for testing positive and still be able to play in games. And so I know it, for the CBA, to wrap it up, a lot of the big-name players, J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, these guys were outspoken against playing an additional game. But I can see why it passed, because if you're a backup or a special team or, or a guy fighting for a roster spot on a year-in and year-out basis, if you can get an extra $100,000, if your team makes it to the playoff, you get extra money. That minimum salary is going to raise to about a million, so you're doubling in, I don't know, a course of five, six years, you're doubling the salary of these bottom roster guys, and you're allowed to smoke weed or at least the punishments for smoking weed are, are significantly decreased. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a surprise that it passed um, because the NFL was smart. They wanted their extra game. The union of the NFL, if the Aaron Rodgers doesn't get more of a vote than, than some no-name special teamer, everybody's vote is the same. So you cater to the bottom half of the league which it seems like they did and got it through. And now the owners got their extra 17th game and going to make a ton of money off that extra game just from broadcasting rights and um, venue sales. So uh, that's a wrap-up for that. Good for the bottom half of the league. Good for the, good for the practice squad players. Sorry, NFL superstars, you're going to have to play an extra game. Sorry. Just the way it is. And I know that's counterintuitive to player safety, but money talks, and people are going to vote for money, and that's what they did. Moving on, something I'm very excited about, we got our first segment, okay? This is our first segment. I wanted to do it. I spoke of it last episode, and it's probably something that we'll probably do on Fridays mostly, but I wanted to get it in on Wednesday, and it is Doomkoff of the Week. Doomkoff of the week. That's right. We even have a sound drop now, guys. Episode two, and we have a sound drop. Now that'll that sound drop will continue to get better. Uh, I will re-record it um, when I get my new microphone, hopefully by Friday. But yeah, Doomkoff of the week. I actually have two. Uh, I wanted to do one from last week because I didn't get to cover it, obviously. But last week's Doomcuff of the Week is Rudy Gobert. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story, but Rudy Gobert is patient zero for the coronavirus for the NBA, but, which is super sad. But prior to that, in an interview or a post-game conference, earlier in the week or even the week before that he got diagnosed, he was making jokes about the coronavirus and even took it so far that when he left the post-conference post or post-game interview, uh, with the reporters, he went around and touched all, this, all their mics as a joke, kind of poking fun at the coronavirus. Well, later that week, uh, they're, they're warming up to literally tip off for the game, and all the 
trainers and the team doctors run out tell the refs that they have a player tested positive for coronavirus and subsequently canceled the game and subsequently suspended the season indefinitely. So that's a kind of an egg-on-your-face situation for Rudy Gobert. Terrible work. Now he's trying to backpedal, saying he wish he took it more serious, donating money to the, to the arena workers that are paid hourly and won't get paid during a, sh uh, a work stoppage. But, man, that's a tough look. That is a tough look. Turns out, making jokes about a pandemic is not the best idea, especially when you're a professional athlete who is supposed to be setting... Uh, being a role model for the youth of America or youth of France, where he he, um, he came from. So bad work, and that's why he is the Dunkoff of last week. By the way, Dunkoff, direct translation is a German word. It means dumbhead. So Dunkoff of the week. This week's Dunkoff of the week. This man has me fired up. Bill O'Brien. Are you kidding me? He is the head coach and acting GM of the Houston Texans. This man had the audacity to trade uh, DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. So, trade an elite generational talent receiver for a running back who can't stay healthy and his best days are behind him. Super. Super. To be fair, the whole details are it's DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick for David Johnson, a second-round pick, and a 2021 fourth. Doesn't make it much better. I mean, at least you're getting a second and a loaded draft class, but it does not make it much better. For multiple reasons. I really don't understand. You know, DeAndre Hopkins' salary moving forward was $12.5 million this year, $13.5 million next year, $13.9 million the year after. Expensive. But the man produces. He's one of the few players in that franchise in the last five years that has consistently produced for that club. Maybe second to DeAndre Hopkins, or excuse me, to Deshaun Watson, which DeAndre Hopkins has a lot of credit for because even when he had no, no, no talent around him, he still had D-Hop. He still had Nuke, who produced. Always. Always, always, always. A perennial top five receiver production every single year. Instead, you're getting a, uh, a running back who his best year was his rookie year. Maybe his sophomore season. No, his sophomore season, he hurt his hand. Third year was okay. I don't get it. I don't get And Hopkins is the type of guy who can play into his early 30s. Johnson... Might make it another year or two. Maybe. And the kicker is, David Johnson's salary this year is $11 million. After that is $9 million. So he's on for one year shorter, but $4 million less. He's not che cheap. Excuse me. He didn't. He's not a bargain. Especially when you're sitting there looking at it like, what other receivers do you have? Okay, Will Fuller. He produces when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. D-Hop plays through injuries, barely misses games. Will Fuller is $10 million, you, and you could cut him and lose nothing. It's also non-guaranteed. Last year, they traded for ten, Kenny, uh, Kenny Stills. He's solid. He's a professional receiver. He's not generational by any stretch of the imagination. $7 million. You could cut both of them and have $5 million left over for D-Hop salary, from D-Hop salary. 
Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Especially considering last year they traded a third round pick to get Duke Johnson, who's $5 million a year for the next two years. And they let Carlos Hyde walk, who was $2.8 million for him last year, who happened to be a thousand yard rusher. Idiot. Idiot. Even Bill Barnwell from ESPN gave this trade an F for the Houston Texans. Because it makes no sense. The only thing I can think of is that they're trying to clear salary because they're eventually going to have to pay Watson, who's $4 million this year. And I believe at the end or the year before his, his last year of his contract. Makes sense. But don't you think you should do that by cutting Will Fuller and Kenny Stills? That clears up 17 mil. Trading DeAndre Hopkins for an expensive washed-up running back and a second-round pick is not going to cut it. Take that fourth-round pick, drop the receiver in this loaded receiver's class this year and next year, and then you have maybe a Will Fuller or a Kenny Stills. And you still have Kiki Kuti, who's a solid slot receiver. Unbelievable. Good for the Cardinals. Good for the Cardinals. Good for Kyler Murray. Because Nuke, he still has, he's going to finish that contract solid. He still has three good years in him. And like I said, he always plays hurt and he still produces. So the Cardinals, are, <laughs> the Cardinals, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year. Because now they have Larry Fitzgerald coming back. You have uh, Christian Kirk continuing to grow. They drafted a slew of rookie receivers last year. Didn't even see most of them besides Keyshawn Johnson, who's talented. Hakeem Butler's coming off IR. Andy Isabella is a little slot speedster who barely played but had some explosive plays. They franchise tag Kenyon Drake, who blew up for him at the end of the year. You have the, the backup running back, his name slips my mind currently, who played really well in Deshaun, uh, David Johnson's absence, also coming back. And you still have Kyler Murray on a rookie contract. Good for the Cardinals. It'll be exciting to watch. But Bill O'Brien, do this my Doomkoff de Hulka. Doomkoff of the week. Okay, moving on. Bill O'Brien, unbelievable. They're, they're going to lose in the wild card round every single year for the foreseeable future, and he deserves it. He deserves it. If you're going to get rid of somebody, get rid of $15 million J.J. Watt, who's hurt every single season. Every single season. Anyways, I digress. NFL free agency. Okay. I feel like I did a pretty good job on Monday talking about Tom Brady. Got Ryan, got Ryan Tannehill. Uh, his money, which we'll cover... I did not see Brady going to the Buccaneers. If anybody listened, I, I didn't think it made sense. I thought the Chargers made way more sense. But nevertheless, he signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a $30 million per year contract. The length is unknown. I assume it's probably two years. Um, and I imagine what they're going to do is kind of blend Aaron's and Brady's style together. The only thing is Brady is super effective off play action. Aaron's 
doesn't have a strong running game slash play action game. David Johnson did really well under Aaron his first year, but it was more like just getting touches all over the field than a true um, traditional running game. So they're going to really have to figure out the running back position. Ronald Jones is not the guy, and Peyton Barber is not the guy. And I forget the third running back they have there, but they'll probably address that need in the draft. And there's a lot of good ones this year. So that could be exciting. As I talked about on Monday, I'm not thrilled for dynasty purposes. I think the only person that really benefits in dynasty is O.J. Howard. Maybe they actually use him this year because he's uber talented and Arians just goes, I hate the tight end position apparently. So I imagine O.J. Howard will play that Gronk role, which is super exciting. But I think... There's something to be said about Jameis Winston being your quarterback. You're always playing from behind because he's bound to throw picks, interceptions, fumbles, pick sixes. Um, and he's going to chuck the ball. He's not going to be safe. He's going to give you opportunities to produce. Tom Brady, not so much. Probably going to take care of the ball, lower scoring games, uh, high efficiency in the offense, but not nearly as explosive. So we'll see how those receivers cope, but I think it's a big win for O.J. Howard. Side note, the NFC South, pretty good quarterbacks. And we'll get to the Panthers later, but Brady, Breeze, Matt Ryan, all in the same conference, playing each other twice a year. That's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be good football. And those three are legends, debatable. I mean, Breeze and Brady, no doubt Hall of Famers. We'll see how Ryan finishes up his career. I think he needs a Super Bowl ring, but also very productive perennial all-pro quarterback. Maybe the best division for quarterbacks moving forward. Uh, I touched on Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill did get paid. Good for him. It was reported four years, eight, $118 million. But those numbers are actually kind of inflated. Those are, those are numbers that the agents like to boast, but it's not actualities. The only actuality is guaranteed money, and that's what that's what Ryan Tannehill still got. The contract is actually a two-year, sixty-two million dollar contract, which is nothing to poo-poo on. Good for Ryan Tannehill. Thirty million dollars for the next two years. It's a twenty million dollar signing bonus, and then seventeen million fully guaranteed base salary, seventeen point five in two thousand twenty, uh, and twenty-four point five in two thousand. 21. After that, his contract, his salary spikes to 29, but it's not guaranteed. So they can get out from under him after the next two years, which I think is a super smart move by the Titans. Tannehill gets his money, a third of it in, in the form of a signing bonus. Then he doesn't take up huge cap hits. I think it's a win-win for both sides. And they lock up Tannehill so they can franchise tag Derrick Henry, which I think was the smart move because running back shelf life Especially a guy who runs like Derrick Henry, you just don't know. And then Tannehill, two years, that's not a huge commitment. Um, Philip Rivers signs with the Colts for one year, 25 mil. Uh, that one's pretty interesting to me. I didn't, I didn't know where Rivers was going to go. I thought Rivers to Tampa Bay made more sense. Especially, well, no, I take that back. Because scheme-wise, everything I said about Tom Brady is even more true with Philip Rivers. Dude can't throw the ball down the field anymore. But... Uh, geographically, he moved to Florida, so everybody assumed a Florida team. Uh, so he's going to Indianapolis. I wonder how he'll get there. I wonder if he'll drive his van <laughs> to Indianapolis from Florida. Every practice, probably not. It's significantly further than San Diego to L.A. But uh, he's quite the character. 
I think it's I think it's a good move for the Colts. They still might draft somebody, but they don't have a high enough pick to really get Burrow or or um or excuse me, Tua blanked out for for a second. Uh, and they they actually traded their first round pick, the 13th overall, which they would need if they were going to try to trade up and get even Herbert in this draft. So one of the top three quarterbacks. They traded that to the San Fran uh, San Francisco for. Um, Buckner, the D-tackle, which the Colts D-line should be pretty formidable next year. So at least they have a one year of solid quarterback play, maybe try to draft somebody. I don't know where this leaves Jacoby Brissett, who I thought played pretty well at times, but also pretty not well at times last year. So interesting move there. Bree stays with the Saints, which I'm pretty happy about, actually. it would be I think it would be even more strange to see Breeze in a different jersey, even though he started his career in San Diego. Uh, then it would be Tom Brady, but Tom Brady in a Bucks jersey. Oh, those pictures this morning on social media of him in a 12 red and pewter. Ugh. Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like the visual. But Breeze in gold and black just seems right, and I'm glad, I'm glad that he'll be able to continue to play in New Orleans because it seems like he's attached to a city maybe even more than, than any other player in the NFL mainly because of the devastation of Katrina, the hurricane that hit several years or a while ago now. But um, it's good to see him stay there. And then, obviously, that bumps Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina, three years, $63 million. Uh, that's kind of a funny, funny story. Um, the Panthers posted on social media that Cam has permission to seek a trade, which Cam commented on, saying... His direct quote was, stop with the wordplay. I never asked for it. There's no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death, and, and I and will always love you guys. Please do not try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this love. Ending with love is an interesting interesting move. But um, And then Greg Olson, the tight end who's now signed with the Seahawks, also commented on it saying, sounds familiar. But, I mean... That's kind of that's kind of what happens. The the Panthers are in the worst scenario. They had an aging team that used to be a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl contender, and then you had all these guys aging, not getting better, and they missed the window. They had an opportunity, they missed the window. So now you got to move on. Cam Newton is not who he was when they went to a Super Bowl. Luke Keekley retired. Uh, Davis is gone. Uh, the D tackle star Luke Lady or whatever his name is, also moved on. The team is not the same. And now you have a, a, a younger team with super young offensive weapons, and you just have to rebuild, and that's the way it is. And honestly, I'm not sure, I'm not sure who wants Cam. Uh, you know, he's been hurt. He's, he, at times, he looks like he can't even throw. He, he broke his foot last year, hurt his foot, but his shoulder is also screwed up. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure how valuable he is. Just like Brady, I wasn't sure how valuable he was. Uh, by the way, Brady didn't want to go to the Chargers because he was on the West Coast. He thought staying on the East Coast would be better for his children. So that's kind of how it was Buccaneers, Chargers, and that's how he decided, So, which is interesting. I would have, being from Tampa Bay and knowing Tampa Bay, nice town, Sure, not Tampa Bay City in general, but surrounding area is nice. But I, I, I would imagine him and Giselle moving to L.A. 
Um, anyways, I digress. Um, I'm not sure who wants Cam. And I, I'm not sure how much he would cost. He's still under contract, I believe, so they would have to trade for him. Obviously, because they gave him permission to trade or seek trades. But who do I? I literally went through every single team in the NFL who needed a quarterback or had subpar quarterback play last year. Uh, Dolphins? No. Tua. That's all projections of their Tua. They're going to draft the guy. And honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick played pretty well last year. Probably won't last because that's Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Fitzpatrick plus a rookie and Josh Rosen, you're okay there. Bengals, no. They're going to draft Burrow. Then you have some maybes, but probably not. Broncos have Drew Locke, probably not. Probably not Cam Newton. They're probably going to see what they have in Drew Locke. Plus, use his rookie salary to have free to free up money to uh, fill holes in the roster, which they have many. Also, a super young team trying to get better. So, signing a, a veteran quarterback for, uh, I'm not sure exactly what Cam Newton's salary is, but it doesn't make sense for a team that's not competing or contending. The Raiders just signed Marcus Mariota. Still have Carr on con- on. Um, on salary, so probably not. Redskins have Haskins, have the second overall pick, could draft two if they wanted to, could continue to see what they have in Haskins, have all sorts of holes all over the roster, so trading for Newton probably wouldn't make sense. So it really left me with the Chargers, which would be interesting, because all those weapons that they have would take a, take a hit, in, in terms of like Keenan Allen, Cam Newton's not the most accurate passer. passer. He's going to take a hit. And Mike Williams, Cam Newton is definitely not an accurate downfield down the field passer. So Mike Williams, the guy who's going to stretch the field, catch catch contested balls, uh, both take a hit from a production standpoint. But it, I could see it. I could see it. They draft a running back, have Austin Eckler on a running back. They even have Justin Jackson there, who's pretty good. They already have Tyrod Taylor, so maybe they're thinking about building a more mobile offense, uh, a co- uh, offense around their mobile quarterback. Um, so maybe, maybe, but I doubt it. And the teams that they're always linked with is the Bears. It's maybe the most probable. Uh, maybe the most probable. Draft a running back. You know, they have a running back from last year, uh, Montgomery. They have uh, Tariq Cohen, which is just kind of an offensive weapon all over the place. They just signed Jimmy Graham. Big receiving option that Cam likes. He likes his tight ends. So it could make sense. And, you know, Trubisky did did not look very good last year. So that could happen. But even if it did, how much would it cost? How much, if you're trading for Cam Newton today, how much would you pay? I mean, if you're Bill O'Brien, it would probably be like six first-rounders, even with Watson. Idiot. But what would he cost? What would a team be willing to pay for him? A third-rounder? A fourth-rounder? I mean, the Panthers have no leverage. No leverage. So maybe even a fifth-rounder. Maybe it's like, hey... Just give me whatever draft pick you want to give me and get his salary off our books. I mean, it's sad to say, but it could even be like a Brock Osweiler situation where they're just trying to dump salary. 
they have their guy. They have their guy in Bridgewater. So, interesting scenario. This man's a, took his team to a, a Super Bowl, obviously an uh, NFC champion, MVP, and now he's gotten passed up by a guy who's won five games last year as a starter, looked okay. He's coming off a, uh, a catastrophic knee injury from several years ago and never got a starting job. And this is the guy they're deciding to go with over a former MVP. And honestly, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Um, speaking of Mariota going to the Raiders and, and the Raiders QB scenario, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. They still have Carr on contract. Maybe they're trying to trade him. Um, but I think Mariota and John Gruden makes a lot of sense. Oh, and I honestly, I, I bet he keeps all of them. And he keeps the two guys from Hard Knocks last year. Whatever, Long Neck McGee, what's his name? Uh, Mike Glennon, yeah, the human draft. And then whatever the other guy's name is, I don't know. Um, the guy who threw all those interceptions in Buffalo. Uh, he might keep all of them. I remember growing up, I was a Tampa Bay fan, and when Gruden was there, he had like seven quarterbacks on the roster at once. So he's, he's just a quarterback hoarder. But I think Mariota makes sense. John Gruden hates guys that turn the ball over. Shifty quarterbacks tend to do well, or like uh, agile quarterbacks tend to do well in his system. I remember watching Jeff Garcia growing up playing in Gruden's system, did pretty well. Um, Brian Greasy at that point was not super mobile, but um, there has been some guys that are mobile and take care of the football, like both of those guys did, do well in his system. Uh, but you could say the same thing for Derek Carr. So, I don't know. But if Mariota does one thing pretty well, he does not turn the ball over. Um, that's about the only thing you can say. And his red zone production is really, really good or has been in the past. Those are about the only things you can say. But it, it might be an interesting fit and a nice second chance for Mariota. Uh, I don't know where that leaves Carr. Maybe they trade Carr. Um, you know, New England needs a quarterback now, which would be interesting. To see who they hire, please, please sign Jameis. Please sign Jameis. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll probably sign Andy Dalton and not trade for Carr, which Andy Dalton makes a ton of sense in my opinion. Uh, and in actuality, Bill Belichick's turned quarterbacks significantly worse than um, than Andy Dalton and still took him to the playoffs. Matt Castle, they went 9 and... No. They went 10 and 6 with Matt Castle and went to the playoffs, which Andy Dalton's a better quarterback than Matt Castle. Um, I mean, Andy Dalton's been to Pro Bowls. Um, they also won games with Brian Hoyer, I believe. And again, with Brissett as a rookie. I mean... I think that makes a lot more sense. A smart veteran quarterback, they might trade for one, but they probably don't have the draft capital to trade for one of these top three guys. Um, but Bill Belichick will probably find somebody, I don't know, and make them Super Bowl contender as well. But I would love, love, love to see Jameis Winston in a New England Patriots jersey and him and Brady face each other week one. Week one, for two reasons. First of all, James Winston is going to be a future Hall of Famer if he goes to New England because, first of all, his eyes are fixed. He's no longer blind. 
And I can see clearly now my blindness is gone. I can see all the linebackers in my way. I gotta, I gotta workshop that. I think that's a song idea. Maybe that's the next song. I think so. We'll see. Maybe on the weekend. Maybe when my new microphone comes on because if I sounded bad just then, it was the microphone. It wasn't me. Um, and also, I want to see the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady robbery. I'm actually upset that Brady went to the NFC. If he went to the Chargers, it would have been the AFC, which would have been awesome. Higher probability of them facing each other. But now they can only face each other in the Super Bowl, which would be electric. But if they played each other opening game just to see the dynamic between Bill and Tom, because now it's like even my guy Paul Phillip messaged me this morning, why is Tom doing this? He, now he has a chip on his shoulder. The last thing that he has to prove is that he can win a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. And vice versa, I think Bill Belichick has, a, has something to prove because he wasn't uber successful until Tom Brady. You know, Drew Brees, he had some success with, uh, not Drew Brees, uh, Drew Bledsoe, he had some success with him, but he's never had the success that he's had without Brady either. So now it's a competition who can win without each other. It's like a bad breakup. And honestly, I pick Bill. Fuck Tom, I pick Bill. I pick Bill. And you know what? I might be a New England fan. Even if they sign Andy Dalton, I would love to see Andy Dalton be successful. Seems like a nice guy. I would love to see Jameis become a Hall of Famer. It would be electric. I would buy, for sure, I would buy a New England Patriots Jameis Winston jersey tomorrow if that happened. I probably wouldn't get it for a while, but I would do it. The red, alternate, bright red, pop Winston on the back. Oh, that would be electric. I don't think it's going to happen, though. But on this side of this rivalry that's coming up, Brady versus Bill, I'm team Bill all the way, no doubt. Bill Belichick somehow has become an underdog. The New England Patriots have somehow become an underdog. They lost a lot of their talent. Their offense is depleted of talent. Their defense has no superstars besides Gilmore, and yet they're one of the best teams, team defenses every single season. You know, all these assistant coaches are starting to pull all their best players. Uh, Trey Flowers went to the Lions. Uh, Van Noy just signed with the Dolphins, which both head coaches are former assistant coaches of Bill Belichick. So it's, it's Bill against the world, and I'm on his side. I'm on his side. Tom, enjoy Tampa. Cool is really nice. Shout out Palm Harbor. But Patriots all the way. But the whole thing will be super interesting, and I just hope they play each other and just see the awkward handshake before the game of them really, like, squeezing the shit out of each other's hands. Okay, moving on. That was all the quarterback news I had. Uh, I know it's very quarterback-heavy, but it seems like in free agency all the quarterbacks fall into place and everything else happens. Um, some other notable non-quarterbacks. Uh, Amari Cooper got paid. He stayed in Dallas five years, $100 million, 60 guaranteed. Paid. They franchise tag Dak Prescott. So we'll see how that ends. My question is, do they have do they have the cap to pay? They paid Elliott last year. They paid Cooper this year. And Dak's the most expensive out of all of them, or will be. He's already turned down a $30 million plus contract. 
I mean, this man is trying to push towards 40, which I don't know if he deserves, but that's kind of like in the realm of what Wentz got, and arguably Dak has performed better than Wentz. He most certainly stayed more healthy. And actually, not even, not even a debate, he has performed better, especially after last season, than Wentz. And won a playoff game, I believe, which Wentz hasn't done. So I don't know if they'll be able to pair everybody. So it'll be, able to, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out. I, I'm assuming that the Cowboys are hoping that the salary cap increases again, probably with the new CBA. Uh, the NFL is doing very well uh, from TV broadcasts. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see. But that'll be an interesting thing. And if they pay all three of them and have all their salary locked up, they already, already have some young O'Reilly that they'll need to get paid. And they paid a D-I-M. It'll be interesting. Their roster might be very, very, very top-heavy in terms of salary. Um, Jason Witten also went to Las Vegas, which I can imagine John Gruden's nipples getting so hard at that. So hard. Because Jason Witten is a John Gruden guy. He's everything that Gruden's grinder, Jason Witten. And he probably sat there thinking to himself, man... Witten can run spider Y2 banana best than everybody. Sign him. Pay him. That was a terrible impression. It was an impression, but it was a terrible one. I got to work on that. But I just, when I saw that, I laughed just thinking about what John Gruden's reaction to that was and probably nothing but elation. Uh, he'll probably be more of an inline tight end compared to Darren Waller probably being more the receiving threat, but I don't think it'll cut into Waller's production at all considering they have no receivers to speak of, and that'll probably be addressed through the draft, I imagine. Um, and then the last thing that I saw that I kind of smiled was Derek Watt got signed to um, the Steelers, Pittsburgh. So now Pittsburgh has two to three Watt brothers. So all they need to do is somehow sign J.J. one day, maybe towards the end of his career, and then maybe all three of them can like morph into one giant Watt and play nose tackle. And they play until they're 40. I don't know, but that was just, I thought that was nice. Nice little note. Uh, we had a notable trade outside of the Hopkins trade, which I don't want to talk about anymore. Is the Vikings sent Stefan Diggs to Buffalo for four picks, including a first rounder. Now, I don't have a ton of reaction to either side. I think the Vikings had to do this. They had the least amount of cap in the NFL, I think $1.5 million entering free agency. So they had to clear up somebody. Diggs is a good player, but also unreliable um, and, and streaky at times. They still have Thielen. They drafted the tight end last year. They paid Rudolph. Uh, so they're going to they're gonna probably address the second receiver through the draft, which there are plenty. Um, and then the Bills, it's kind of interesting because now um, you know, Diggs is expensive. He's $11 million this year, and he's in the 30 of a $5 million deal. He's, I think his ending salary is somewhere around $13 million. And uh, it just shows that the Bills are in win-now mode. You know, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, they still have Allen on a rookie contract. And I think they just want to win now. Because that first-round pick that they traded for was... They made the playoffs, so it was probably Walker around the loss, so it was probably in the low 20s. You could get a really good receiver there in this draft. Um, but it's always better to have a guy who's produced and can produce immediately if you're in win-now mode. And that's what that tells me, because even if they drafted a Ruggs or, 
the guy from TCU, one of these super talented receivers. Um, not a ton of receivers come in and immediately make a huge impact. Uh, maybe Riley for, for the Falcons, but typically, even last year or in years past, it always takes kind of a second-year breakout for rookie receivers. Debo Samuels was the breakout last year, and McLaurin, but most of, and Debo didn't break out to midway. McLaren broke out immediately, but typically that's not the way it works. So that's probably what their thought process was, get a veteran. Now you have Diggs, John Brown, some rookie uh, running backs and tight ends, and you're starting to put pieces around Allen, which I know they seem to be very conscious in doing. So that was a notable trade, but I think the Vikings had their hands tied. They had no other choice, and $11 million is a lot of money even in the NFL. So that was it. I think, uh, I think that was significantly longer than the first one. I would like to keep these around 30 minutes, but there was so much to talk about, and hopefully there's not any dead area or things that bore you. Um, uh, but continue to keep giving me feedback. Um, I, again, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm guessing. And uh, let me know how I'm doing. The, especially the positive feedback um, is super, super helpful and beneficial and, and motivates me to keep going because I really don't know. And it's always nice to know if people actually like what you're doing. Um, again, I will have a new microphone, so I will sound better in the future. And um, if you don't have nice things to say, just don't. I don't want to hear it. I only want to hear the positive things. And if I don't hear any positive things, then I know. So please continue to keep writing me and continue to enjoy it. Um, I just want to bring a smile to people's faces during this crappy time, during this time of pandemic. And um, if I can do that three times a week this week and maybe maybe moving forward, then, um, then I'm a happy guy. And that's the only thing that I want. And I'm really enjoying this process. And, and hopefully you guys are enjoying listening to me yell at myself in my basement. I don't know. I didn't cover it at the beginning. I have a new studio. If you want to call it a studio, I've been, I didn't, I wasn't pushed out. I want to blame Lisa on this, but she started vacuuming during my first episode. And I don't know if people heard it or not, probably because my microphone's not good enough. But, uh, so yeah, so now I'm in the basement. I have a little desk set up in the corner of my cold basement. So maybe that affects the sound. Maybe I have to move, put some soundproofing on the walls moving forward. But this is where I think I'm going to do the podcast moving forward. And, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm super excited about it. And, um, and last thing, the people, a lot of people have been commenting on my exit song and asking who or, or what song that is. Uh, that is actually Lisa's brother, my brother-in-law, Hans Hauser. Um, his band name is Hanoi with an extra H at the beginning, so ha, it's H-A-H, Hanoi. I should ask him, I should have asked him when I asked him to use the song, if it's Hanoi, Hanoi, no. I believe it's just Hanoi, and uh, it's a great song. He's a great artist. Um, the link to the song is in the description of my podcast, uh, or you can just simply find him on social media as H Hanoi or Hanoi Hans on Facebook, and um, same names under YouTube. Uh, he just put out a new album several weeks ago. He's kind of bummed out because um, his tour is obviously interrupted, 
and his album releases are interrupted because of the coronavirus. So if you enjoy the song, um, maybe comment on the YouTube uh, video or send him a message on, on Facebook. I'm sure everybody appreciates hearing that people appreciate their, their work. So um, until next time, until Friday, uh, I'm very excited about Friday's episode. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a specific time that I release them. I think I'm just going to finish them on certain days and get excited and just post them immediately. I will always post it, uh, a new release in the stories of my Facebook and Instagram and also Twitter. I'm, I should probably start getting on that again, even though that's not super popular in Europe. But I always announce new episodes, so keep an eye out for that. One's coming Friday, don't know what time. But I do know that I will have my first guest. And it's not really an interview. It's going to be um, a segment. And Max Pika and I will give you our advice of how to survive or flourish through a quarantine. So until then, until Friday... Take care and stay safe. I'm wasting my life pursuing my dreams Running and running Stuck in a wheel Running and running Falling down hard my skin breaking my heart bleeding and hurting this part of the game nursing the fire fueling the flame I cannot stop